everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Sometimes I do enjoy a belly I'm not a, and booby no, scratch. No, I don't know. I don't like a front scratch Oh, I all. like a booby scratch. Do you? Yes. Ooh. Not all the time. It's not in the everyday rotation, but once every couple weeks, I like to turn over and give her another view. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. Leanna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. Falls <laughs> on his chest. Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Monday. It is Reaction Monday, brought to you by Taco Bell. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. We have a big show today, and we only have two and a half hours to do it. We are out at 5.30 today, because Buckeye basketball is rude again. Rude. Rude! How dare they? Yes! I think we have another 5.30 coming up on Thursday, too. Wow. Don't they know we're doing something here? Well, hey, man, when uh, Bowling Green comes to town, what are you going to do? I'll leave early for Duke. <laughs> You're not leaving early for Bowling Green? I mean, I have to. My guy's Wait. Bowling Green, by the way. My all, guys. all right. Are they your guys? Great place to get an education. That's what I've been told. Uh, all right. That's what I've heard. I'm, I'm sure it is. Anyway, <laughs> we have a big Reaction Monday show. Three o'clock hour, lots of Buckeye football, lots of college. Four o'clock hour, NFL things. I know that. Uh, Bone is eager to talk about the Browns. Oh, is eager from yesterday? the word you chose to use there? Well, you're, you're eager. eager. I don't... You're not happy, but I you're don't even eager. Know. I don't know that I'm even eager to talk. I, like You're right. I have many thoughts on it, but I'm not necessarily eager because that was horrible yesterday. But we, we've got well, time. We'll, we'll wait. get there. We have an hour for that. Let's start with the Buckeyes. 59-31 over Purdue on Saturday night. We We had some questions about this offense and taking advantage and getting seven points. And they did that early and often. During this game, it was like a completely different offensive line showed up. Mm-hmm. It was. You know, maybe it was Purdue not doing the job or those guys being undersized. Doesn't matter. They move guys off the line of scrimmage. We haven't seen that for a couple weeks. Running the ball was easy. Passing was easy. They put up lots of points early. Yeah, it was uh, truly a day that I think offensively mirrored what we've all wanted to see. Right? Like this, this is the offense we've been looking for for Ohio State. And it has shown up at times this year. Now it's time to build that consistency. And the reality is you are now no longer in figure it out mode, right? You play a Michigan State team that's had a tremendous season, is totally capable of an upset. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible with them. We all know the history there. And then, of course, you've got the game. And that one can, despite recent history, I don't care. I am scared to death about both of these games. And Michigan is a nine-win football team this year. For whatever that matters, this is not the Michigan of the last couple years where they've, well, a couple years ago they had revenge tour Michigan, which turned out to be no revenge tour. But you know what I mean. This is 
There's no more like, well, they've got a few more weeks to figure it out. No, this is it. You've you've no room for error here. You have to win every game you play from here on out, which has been the case since they lost to Oregon. But there were a lot of Maryland's and Rutgers along the way. Those are gone now. You are into big boy November football, and it is time to go. So great to see the offense looking like that heading into this stretch run that you're in now where it's it's coming down to the the final couple games. CJ Stroud 31 of 38, 361, five touchdowns for him. Look man, at times I have been hard on CJ Stroud. And it's because I know what he's capable of doing. It's like when you look at your kid and your kid messes. I had this conversation with my wife this weekend where, you know, she said to me, "You know, you're a little hard on the kid." And I said, all right, that's fair. Let's examine that. But the reason I'm hard on the kid is because I think she's super smart and capable of a lot. And that's my feeling on C.J. Stroud. Right. I, I, I know it's there. I, I know he's one of the best quarterbacks in this game. Right. I, I know it. I don't need national announcer guy to come in and, and spout some numbers at me and tell me that he's among the best in the game because I know that already. I just want to see a more complete picture and yes he when the offense is not producing in the red zone he's going to get an unnecessary load of that blame blame of load yeah whatever load of blame <laughs> load of blame lots of load load of blame load because management, that's Mike. the nature of the position you're the quarterback you're going to get a ton of praise and you're going to get some blame when maybe you don't deserve it the offense runs through him yeah. And this is what I expect to see. You are taking advantage of less talented teams, undersized teams, moving them around, and you are inflicting your will on them. We saw that on Saturday. Well, you put up 45 points and a half, tying the OSU record for most points through two quarters. I mean, that's pretty impressive. A great day at the office. And Purdue obviously had the capability to slow down some decent offenses. We saw that with the upsets they've pulled, but nothing like this Buckeye offense. They had, they have not faced any offense like what Ohio State can do when fully assembled and running at peak levels. And by the way, uh, we haven't talked about him yet. We've mentioned the guy who was throwing him the football, but you could pretty much go to any of the three wide receivers that are the primary receiving options for the Buckeyes and say, on a given week, they can have a borderline historic type of game that's what Garrett Wilson was putting together on Saturday night, right? That was that was epic stuff from him. It seemed like every time he touched the football it was electric. He obviously had three touchdowns, but it's it's if it's him one week, next week it's going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba, oh, or it's he, going to be Chris only, Olave. And he only had nine catches this week for a buck thirty nine, right? <laughs> and a touchdown like that. And he's he's the second player. Yeah, and Chris Olave had a touchdown too, and nine of eight nine for eighty five. Yeah. Also. Most of those days for most receivers in the Big Ten, that gets you like player of the week nomination at the very least, and it gets you like on the team of the week and all that stuff. Well, sorry, you can't do that here at Ohio State because you've got always a guy who's going to try to be outshining you and out out outdoing you on this offense. And Travion Henderson, by the way, had two touchdowns, one that he broke for a big gain, and it's like, oh yeah, he had a good day too. Like the offense was just so dynamic in that first half. There's really not one place you can point to and say, yes, this was it. This was the thing that caused it. But I do think your point that you made, which was the offensive line play, seemed to my you know 
not offensive lineman eyes, right? Just seemed like they were a little bit nastier, a little bit tougher, making a much better day for everyone who involves or who needs that offensive line to work, right? If if C.J. Stroud's constantly under pressure, he can't make these throws. If the holes aren't opening up, the running backs can't hit him, and et cetera, and on down the line. They did a really good job. So I guess you could say it started there, as it does most times an offense has a good day. But kudos to the offensive line, too, for getting it done. And this game, you know, got so out of hand so quickly that it was... You, you knew that Purdue was going to put some points up on the board, right? Yeah. I mean, the days of... And we see this in college football. We see in the NFL. It used to be... 20, 25 years ago, you would go down in a game like this and then you would just run the ball and try and preserve your dignity and take your medicine. Teams don't do that anymore. They're going to keep playing. They're going to make it a four-quarter game. You can say that's good or bad because, you know, these coaches like to talk about keeping kids healthy. It's all about kids. But they're still out there running plays in the third and fourth quarter down by 40 points. Of course they are. Right? They're still doing that. So, look, there were some big chunks of yards that you'd rather not give up. If you're, you know, looking at that defensive film today, they've got to clean some of that stuff up. But when you get up that big that soon, this that was almost expected, wasn't it? Right. I mean, I, I look at this as Ohio State's best defense on Saturday night. No offense to the defense because they, they were okay. They had their moments, certainly, where they gave up some plays. But their best defense was the fact that anytime Purdue was like, oh, we might get close with we're within three touchdowns. Ohio State was like, okay, you want us to go put another touchdown up? We will. And they did. And then, you know, they were driving again when the game ended. They could have yeah, easily they scored have, there. They were going in for a touchdown, then they took a knee, which they should have done. Yes, of course. But my, my whole point is, as bad as at times it did feel watching this defense occasionally uh, on Saturday night, they gave up 14 points in the second half. Is that is that a deal breaker? I mean, it might be if you're playing the best team in the country, if you're playing Georgia's defense, where maybe your offense can't score, that could be a problem. But this just in, the Buckeye offense is going to have to score more than 14 points a half. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's an unreasonable expectation against the best teams in the country. If it, And I'm not saying Purdue is. I'm just saying that if Ohio State's plan is, well, the defense better hold them under 10 points. Well, that's going to be tough duty no matter who you're playing. Right in this in this era of college football, unless it's you're not, Georgia, right? It's not practical. So I I don't I think it's more about does Ohio State's offense put that performance together when they do play the best defenses in the country? Well, and you'll you'll take the points too, right? I mean they were they were scoring fast and often, and you know like I'm I'm sure there was some thought by some of the defensive guys. Well, we got to go out there again. We were just out there. It's right. like yes, but. Your offense just scored in two plays. Now now go yeah. out there and try well, that, and stop them again. That is one of the things that I do believe is part of the cause for a lot of these offensive teams that are just so gifted. Sure it is. Your defense sometimes feels... I mean, Aiden O'Connell threw for 52 at times. He threw it 52 times in that game. Like, And, and by the way, his numbers are 40 of 52, 390 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. That sounds really good on paper. If you watch the game, you would say, I don't recall seeing an almost 400-yard passing day by him. I didn't think that was going on. But it was. But it didn't matter because Ohio State's offense was that much better. Well, now you got to get ready. Sparty's coming in here next week. Yeah, and that's it. I'm nervous. I'm nervous about Sparty any year. I'm particularly nervous when they come in here because I've, I've seen this team break our hearts throughout the years. I know that Ohio State's better than Sparty. That has nothing to do with it. 
Now they have to go out there. And you're going to see a different type of game. Michigan State is going to try and slow down that game. Of course they are. They're going to run the football down your throat. Buckeye defense didn't have to worry about Purdue running the football. They were throwing every single down, to your point. Yeah, I, I guess I am looking at it this way. And I don't mean this in a bad way for Ohio State. This is, I guess, the question I have. If you want to... If you want to really parse and figure out what this team is as you now head into the most important games of the season. This Ohio State team, Purdue, they were a better talent team and quite honestly, better scheme. Let's be real. Offensively, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. If your scheme is not prepared for what Purdue's going to throw at you defensively, you can't put up 60 plus or what was on the way to be in 60 plus points, right? You can't do that. So when the scheme's right and the, and you know, your players are better. Obviously, that's going to win you a lot of football games. My question still with this Ohio State offense, and we will find out, is are they good enough to beat those teams that are on par off athletically and might be on the day slightly better scheme? Like might just have a, a dialed up game plan that thwarts you for three quarters. Can CJ Stroud and Ryan Day working together make the calls and get to a play that gets you the, the touchdown you need at the fourth quarter of a game where it's looking bleak, that's where we need to find out. That's the growth we need to see in the final few weeks of this season if this is going to be a national championship team. No, and, and, and we've, we've talked, and Ryan Day's talked about it, where sometimes things don't work exactly to plan, and you know after the fact he comes out and says, well, they threw us some looks we weren't expecting. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you adjust to that? Right. They, didn't, they didn't really have to do any of that against Purdue. And we're not going to know until you're in that moment against a talented team. If you can adjust to that, we'll see. I think things will be much tighter next week against Michigan State. And I am nervous about Meat Chicken, too. I really am. Because they have a scrappy quarterback who can make throws when he needs to. And the second half of that Sparty game aside, they can play defense. Yes, they can. So I'm nervous about it. Well, look, we saw what happened against Penn State. That is much closer athletically to what Ohio State brings to the table. And you could argue James Franklin had a really good game plan dialed up. So the Buckeyes had to respond to that. And they did. I'm just pointing out that that's one test they've passed. You have to now pass a bunch more. New polls are out. I'll tell you where the Buckeyes stack up coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the left shoulder of westbound 670 near 4th Street. Traffic is slow in this area as they try to get things cleaned up. Please be careful over here as cars begin to build. Starving Report is sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. What would you do with an extra $350 every month? Maybe buy a car or start paying down the credit cards. Apply for your easy refinance today at thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no. This is Man and Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. It is Reaction Monday, brought to you by Taco Bell. Uh, new AP poll. We get the playoff rankings tomorrow night, but the AP looks like this. Georgia's number one. Alabama jumps up a spot to number two, so they jump Cincinnati. Cincinnati is third, down a spot. Oregon is up a spot to four. Buckeyes are up a spot to five. It's Notre Dame up a spot to six. Sparty up a spot to seven. Meat Chicken up a spot to eight. Oklahoma State up a spot to nine. And Ole Miss is up two spots to ten. You might be wondering, why are all those teams jumping up a spot 
Well, they all jumped up one. Who did they all leap over? Well, that answer is Oklahoma, who is 12th. Yes, and we will talk about their loss to Baylor coming up shortly. I did want to bring something up. You know, we don't get a ton of these ABC games. Usually it's Fox guys. Yes, right. So I get used to hearing those guys. And, you know, ABC guy shows up and wants to tell Buckeye fans how it is on the broadcast. Mm. I've been here for 48 hours. We tell you how it is. And a lot of times these announcers come in with the the tone of, can you believe these Buckeye fans and their standards? Can you believe them? And that bugs the hell out of me. You, and, and you know what? For someone who covers college football, it's sheer ignorance. May I point out programs like Michigan, like Texas, like USC, like Florida, like Miami, like Florida State, and to a certain extent like Penn State. Some of these are sleeping giants. Some of them are in a coma that they'll never wake up from because their their fans did not hold those programs to certain standards. They allowed a certain amount of slippage and said, well, what are you going to do? You can't compete for a national championship every single year. Then they stopped doing that. And then it's, well, you you can't compete for a conference championship every single year. Then they stopped doing that. Right. Then they look up and they're underwater and they have no idea how they got there. Yet you have programs like Ohio State, thanks to the demands of the fans and the excellence that they expect in that department. Programs like Ohio State, like Alabama, to a certain degree, Georgia. And you can make the case even programs like LSU. Obviously, they have not had the type of season they want to have. They still have those expectations because they're looking to another coach to bring back those expectations. Well, right. I mean, they look at Ed Orgeron getting fired and say, well, that is a little ridiculous. He just won your national championship a few years ago. The reality is I do. And I'm, and I don't think it's, I don't think you're even saying this, that it's just on the fans, but that fan pressure does create the pressure in the athletic department to not just sit around and not call a booster about how much do you want to kick in for this buyout? You know, like when you've got a coach that's on the hot seat, that is job number one is to figure out, can we pay the buyout? And then secondly, in 1A, can we get enough money together to go pay the new guy that we're going to have to hire? And hopefully you nail that hire. But yeah, I think that people view, you know, when you when you fall off that mountaintop, right? It's like, well, they're climbing back up. Teams like Michigan has fallen off and they're nine and one this year and maybe they'll get there. I, I'm, I don't think they're winning a national championship this year, but Let's think about what it would take for Michigan to get back, right? And I'm saying, let's pretend, I don't want to pretend this, let's pretend they beat Ohio State, maybe even get into the college football playoffs somehow. If that happens, Michigan will still probably struggle to beat the best teams in college football, right? I think Ohio State is one of those. But it would take them like a ridiculous effort to beat Ohio State, and then I don't think they have the the horses to go win a conference championship and two playoff games. I don't, I don't either. Maybe they surprise us. Okay. Maybe they do. So teams like Michigan that have been there before, and it's been a while. If they get to that point, Harbaugh, by the way, will be a legend in Ann Arbor. If they do that, if they just get to the college football playoffs, that would be like re up, tear up that contract and start over with him and give him all the money he wants. But then next year, they have to come back in with another, five-star studded recruiting class better than they've had top five 
And then they have to do that the next two or three years yeah. to build where Ohio State is right now. Yes, you can beat an Ohio State on its day. You could certainly beat a Georgia or a Bama on their day. But that's not building the program to be every year a national championship contender. What I'm saying is at the mountaintop, it's not a little point. A lot of these schools like Ohio State and Bama, they have built a platform on top of the point that now you get up there and you're like, oh, we're right almost to the peak. Then you got to climb this whole structure around that. And all Ohio State and Bama are doing is sitting there with baseball bats kicking and stopping on your toes and on your hands and hitting you with the baseball bat, trying to keep you off of that platform. That's how difficult it is to get up there. That's why if you're Ohio State, if you're Georgia, if you're Bama, Clemson even right now where they are, right? You think Dabo Swinney's getting fired this year? No. Do this again next year? Dabo Swinney could easily get fired. That's how ridiculous the standards are at this level. But the reason for that is because Clemson doesn't want to become Michigan. Clemson doesn't want to become USC, and that's why they don't, because it's so hard to get back up on that platform once you've fallen off of it. It's We say this regardless of sport, where people tell, oh, who's the next Tom Brady? No one. Yeah. No one is the next Tom Brady, because to be that consistently good every single year is almost impossible. It's almost impossible, and that's what it is in college sports. It's about consistency. It's about the consistency of excellence. Any one of those programs I mentioned to you, Michigan, Texas, USC, Florida, Miami, Florida State, Penn State, then come out this year, next year, put together a fantastic season and contend for a national championship. Can you do that every single year? That's what separates you. Are you in that conversation every single year? Are you the type of program where your quarterback walks out the door, you don't know who the running back is going to be, you got defensive issues, but everybody looks at Ohio State and says, well, they're going to be there. Why? Because they're Ohio State. That's why. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you're, every other year you're going to lose a coordinator to get a head coaching job. Right. Like all those factors coming in. And and let's also not discount the fact that, with, and I'm not trying to say Ohio State is just the best program ever, because we know there's there's tons of great you know, greatness at Alabama or Georgia, places like that. But Alabama has built that platform and that that pedestal they are on is because of one guy. And now he is, like you said with Tom Brady, there's never going to be another Nick no, Saban. He is I don't the think so. He is right. the best. When you look at Ohio State, Ohio State has been at Alabama's level pretty much since Tress came here. So a longer run. And they've done that now through three different coaches. Correct? I yes. mean... You have had four, technically. But well, yeah, yes. Fickle, right, of course, for Three. a year. But look at who else has done that. Clemson is all Dabo. Georgia has has gone through a couple coaches, like with Mark Richt and now to Kirby, but they were not, they've never actually gotten on the pedestal. No, they've gotten close. They're in, the, they're in the conversation. They are fighting like hell to get on that pedestal, and they've got the best shot of anyone, I think, in the last 20 years to do it, but... That's just how ridiculous the standard is. And that's why, yes, at Ohio State, Bama, Don't apologize for it, though. Three or four other places around the country. That's why it's this way. Don't apologize for it. Ryan Day secures a big-time commitment. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Still watching an accident on westbound 670 near 4th Street. It is blocking the left shoulder. Traffic is very slow in this area as they try to get things cleaned up. You'll also find a crash on I-70 eastbound at US-33. Traffic is slow from Livingston Avenue in this area. About a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. What would you do with an extra $350 every month? Maybe buy a car or start paying down the credit cards. Apply for an easy refinance today at thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1320-6241. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Dare, dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Join the fan for the Ozone Tailgate on Lane for the best game day tailgate in town. Catch the pregame show with Matty Ice and Tyvis Powell. Listen to live music and watch the game if you're not headed inside. Be sure to bring cash. Bring cash. Bring cash for your favorite tailgate refreshments. The Ozone Tailgate on Lane is sponsored by Kohler and Buckeye Power Sales, White Claw, your local Columbus Hyundai dealers, and Jack Daniels. See you on Saturday. It is the last tailgate of the season, of course, because it's the last home game of the season. That means this week is the last time we'll get to talk about bringing cash. I mean, we can still talk about bringing cash to other things, but for this thing... That will be done after this week. Also, make sure to bring uh, blow dryers as well with mm. you to the game, just in case it's cold and you have to thaw out the pipes. Well, I got this tweeted to me yesterday, and it's spot on. If anybody saw those kind of pop-up snow showers that happened yesterday, well, I guess it wouldn't pop-up. It was here for a while, but I mean, where I was up in Marysville, it was it was pretty bad. It was a nice little put down of snow, and I got tweeted instantly like, hey, man. Imagine if this had happened yesterday, Gene Smith would have been out there saying we have to cancel the game. Yep, can't play games in the cold. Stadium's not ready for it. Look, I know what I know what Gene Smith is saying. Yes. I do too. Ohio but Stadium. It's Ohio Stadium probably isn't set up all the time to play in ten degree weather and have a hundred thousand plus people in there and the press boxes and all the stuff that goes with this isn't just any hot, you know, college football game. This would be a nationally televised like they all are, but You know, prime time, everything. You don't want to have some major issue happen. Ohio State would have the money to winterize if your school happens to be also ran in the Big Ten or in the ACC or somewhere else, and you just happen to have a kick-ass year. Yeah, you might also have some problems playing in some of these conditions. But have you seen the facilities for these other schools, the also-rans you're referring to? That's true. Have you seen the check that they get from the conference? I, I Like I'm saying, theoretically, he has a point. In no, reality, the point is stupid. In reality, every one of these schools, by and large, would be able to come up with the money. If this is, by the way, they wouldn't just say next week you have to schedule this well, that's, massive that's, game. That's my whole problem. You'd with have this. a couple years to fix all this before that time possibly yeah, comes. No, for you. no one is saying tomorrow it's zero degrees. Figure out a way to play a game. No, you're going to agree to playoff expansion, and then once you realize, oh yeah, all right, home site playoff games for the first round. If we're lucky enough, if we're good enough to get there, this is something we have to figure out because it would be my worst nightmare as a Buckeye fan to have a home site playoff game that we have to punt on and play at Ford Field or Indianapolis because Gino is worried about the plumbing. Yeah, I, I just, I don't understand that at all. I understand no aspect of that part of it because the reality is you cannot show me the experience that Ohio State has, which is laser light show, giant, ridiculous scoreboard, uh, every every possible amenity you could want going into that stadium. Yes, I know it's 100 years old, but I'm also saying 
that that stadium has been updated so much, you can't then say, oh, wait, but unlike NFL stadiums where they play games in this weather all the time, we can't figure out a way to do that. We're Ohio State. I just don't understand. Uh, Ryan Day secures himself a big-time commitment with a familiar name. Yeah, Sonny Styles, five-star safety out of Pickerington. Good to see him staying home. And this is a guy who he comes in as a linebacker slash safety prospect. But if that last name's familiar, it should be. It's former Ohio State linebacker Lorenzo Styles' son. So glad to see him getting in the scarlet and gray. Obviously, if you're following the recruiting at all, you may be aware Lorenzo Styles Jr. also, you know, from the same area, he ended up in Notre Dame. So I was disappointed when that happened. Glad to see at least one Lorenzo Styles offspring coming here because that guy was my guy back in the day. Other notable games from Saturday. Georgia took it to Tennessee. You know, first quarter, Tennessee was right there. And then Georgia said enough of this. That was sort of the sexy pick this weekend. A lot of people coming out saying, yeah, Tennessee, they're going to pull the upset. And then guess what? When they do that, Tennessee back yeah okay i don't know what back is tennessee is peyton manning in a stupid song for my money i'm sure those hillbillies would tell me otherwise but yeah look tennessee's not back and georgia's really good i wish they weren't i wish i wish their defense didn't scare me so much but they're damn good i think sometimes the like the sec is a tough conference i don't mean to make it sound like it isn't But I also think the mythology of the SEC does lead sometimes to these prognosticators saying, oh, hey, Tennessee, they could do it. Well, yeah, sure they could, just like Purdue could do it. Or Iowa, when when Iowa did that to the Buckeyes, was not the Iowa we, you know, have seen in some time. Yeah, I know Tennessee fans are saying, we ain't Purdue! Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. In the SEC, you absolutely are. But my point is, that's not like Tennessee matches up well with Georgia, it's Tennessee could pull an upset because schools like Tennessee sometimes upset schools like Georgia. Right. That's all that was. Right. Stupid. So anyway, did happen. First quarter. First yeah. quarter upset. Yeah, you won the first quarter. Congratulations. And then Georgia put 17 on you and didn't look back. Uh, Michigan got a tough victory in Happy Valley. Uh, Baylor takes out Oklahoma. That's one less problem you have to worry about. And we said it on Friday. Ultimately, was I terrified of Oklahoma? No. But if they keep winning their games... I know people said, well, the committee doesn't value Oklahoma. They don't value them now. Stop reading no. into what the committee is putting out there. They're, they're, they're putting out there, putting out stuff for us to talk about. If Oklahoma finished the season undefeated, it's going to be really, really tough to keep them out of the playoffs. Now we don't have that problem. Yeah. And I have no problem with, you know, Baylor being the one to trip them up, although I thought they wouldn't be. I predicted Oklahoma would win this game, but. You see, uh, old Dave Aranda. Oh, Dave Aranda getting kicked, it done. Kicked a field goal there at the end that had nothing to do with anything because they were up twenty-four to fourteen. They were going to win the game. Three seconds left in the game. Dave Aranda takes a timeout, kicks a field goal, makes it twenty-seven fourteen. His rationale is the third tiebreaker in the Big Twelve is point differential, so he wanted to get as many points as he possibly could. Well, Lincoln that, Riley, that could no come likey. Into play. That right, could Lincoln come into Riley, play. no likey. Here's what Lincoln Riley had to say after the game. It became a safety issue. Now, he's saying it became a safety issue, not because they had to run one more play, but because the fans were already on the field. They ran the clock down to like one second left. The fans thought, oh, it's just going to end, and then they called timeout. Yeah. They had to clear the field. They had to get the players out of the locker room. So, so yeah. look, I, I understand that portion of it. 
The rest of it is just a head coach that's butthurt. He says, I know why Dave tried to kick the field goal. I don't agree with it. And I still think above all else, there's a code of sportsmanship that I believe in. I wouldn't have done it, but that's his decision. That's his football team. How the officials don't enforce a 15-yard penalty when you probably got 5,000 people on the field is unbelievable to me. It is what it is. That's his decision. That's the official's decision. I don't agree with it. Well, the, the the penalty for having the fans on the field notwithstanding. That's a that's a valid argument yeah, that's, that's to make, real. That's real. Um, but here's the reality, Mr. Code of Conduct. And I saw that Matt Mosley pointed this out. He writes for Fox Sports. Uh, you have to go all the way back, Mike, to 2018. Do you even remember where you were in 2018? I was a, I was a fetus right. in 2018. 2018, that version of Lincoln Riley was playing a game against Baylor, where Oklahoma was the sixth-ranked team in the country, they were playing Baylor at home, and they beat Baylor sixty-six to thirty-three. But but in the minute and twenty before the game ended, it was only sixty-three to thirty-three. Lincoln Riley kicked a field goal up thirty with a minute twenty to go back in twenty eighteen against this very team. So to complain about a guy doing it up. You know, a touchdown. It's almost like these coaches are hypocrites. Yes, it is. It is almost like Lincoln Riley is full of crap. A college football coach accuses his school of sabotaging the football program. We'll talk about that next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on I-71 southbound at Weber Road. It is blocking the right shoulder in that area. Please be careful as they try to get things cleaned up. You'll also find some slow traffic on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East split. Traffic is slow there as well. Traffic report is sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. What would you do with an extra $350 every month? Maybe buy a car or start paying down the credit cards. Apply for your easy refinance today at thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. Gonna take some gasoline burner house down. Reaction Monday brought to you by Taco Bell. Wow, we got a song and a read out of the song. Pretty impressive. Give me a number. Uh, I am going to go with six. Call number six right now. 614-821-9710 gets a $50 Taco Bell gift card. I did see tonight on the Manning cast, it's back tonight. Oh, yeah. No current players because no one wants to be jinxed Nope. on the Manning cast, but I did see that uh, Philip Rivers, our old friend, he's going to be on. What, what do you think that'll yeah. sound like? Somebody call me, I'm ready. You think Trevor Simeon's better than me? You're out of your mind. Yeah, is he just going to go on there for like a quarter and stump for how he should be able to be in the NFL? Absolutely, I'm better than Trevor Simeon. Teams want to give him a call? Speaking of Trevor Simeon, gave it to my wife again over the weekend. That has nothing to do with Trevor Simeon. Oh, it does if you break down his last name and say it in a slightly different way. (laughs) Good job, Phil Rivers, for never making me be able to forget that fact ever again. Great. We used to have, when I at an old radio station where I worked, we had a, a system like we have the dad here. That's where all the sound effects that Mike plays. Digital audio delivery system. Right. Ours was called Simeon. So every time I hear Trevor Simeon, I'm like, ah, he worked for the, for the, no, that's just a, nope, totally different thing. 
Mm. Anyway, now I won't be able to think of that anymore, so appreciate you. Who else? Phil Mickelson on tonight. That's good. Sure. Good old lefty on there. Yeah. Who else? Uh, I didn't see. I forgot. The Queen is on tonight, too. How's the... Oh, I heard she hurt her back. She did. She sprained her back. She was Hello! How's your back doing? It's all right for a 100-year-old woman. (laughs) That's true. So did uh, did you sprain it? Week to week. I'm week to week. Did you sprain it doing any activities? Well, this American man named Philip Rivers came to the palace. Are you saying... I just want to be clear. Are you saying... Yeah, I gave it to the queen. (laughs) Philip Rivers blew out your back? Is that what you're saying? Oh, he blew it out all right. Okay. That's... Hello? I don't know if the phrasing translates over to Jolly Old, but uh, might want to might want to check that. How many more bad impressions can I do? I don't also know. Also on the Manning cast tonight, Jay Burson. Hello! How are yeah. you doing there, Queen? That'd be great. Jay Burson here. <laughs> He's the king of Ohio. I don't know My if people know that. My guys could use me hitting some outside shots. Well, let's find Gotta out. play it's, a little suspect. It's one game. Two games, actually. Well, all right, fine. Fair enough. Yes, two games. That's game number three. That's right. I'm stupid. You're right. Against Bowling Green. Hey, T-Bone here for Bowling Green. (laughs) I told you, it's a fine education. Fine education. It's a great place to get an education. That's good. By the way, can we also, one thing on the Manning cast, I just saw an ad for it on TV where they said, tonight, Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. No, that is it, it. Stop. It is called the Manning cast. That's what it's called. Yeah, don't fight it. You don't need to. Just call it that. I don't care if Peyton and Eli are like, we don't want to call it the Manning cast. Well, too bad. That's what it's known as colloquially, and it should be known professionally as the Manning cast because that's what everyone says. They watch and they're like, did you watch Manning cast last night? They don't say, did you watch Peyton and Eli? Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli? No one says that. Call it the Manning cast. Embrace this. The public has spoken. Yeah, you're real good about listening to the public, Queen. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Just do whatever they say. It's like a democracy, except not. I have no actual power, Bone. I don't know if you know that enough. Well, I'm saying your uh, ancestors, those that came before. Can we be done with this now? Whenever you want to. All right. Butch Davis, your guy, former Browns coach. Mm, yeah. Uh, he says that Florida International is sabotaging the football program. He is out as head coach. He will be not, not be back next year. His uh, his players found out about this when the school posted the job online <laughs> before anybody was told. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now uh, they're not huh? good. They're one and nine, yeah, and he's but... twenty four and thirty at Florida International. Uh, he says, in addition to the posting about the job, the school is using old uniforms and equipment. Refused to offer multi-year contracts to assistants and would not allow the coaches to go out recruiting the past two years because of financial reasons as well as COVID-19 concerns. Here is a quote from Butch Davis. This year has been a nightmare. You can imagine the player's reaction when a head coach's job was posted online. The administration has been sabotaging the program. Their decisions to post the job has resulted in a major negative impact on the football program and our ability to recruit and retain players. I don't doubt any of that's true, but you're also one in nine. Well, I want to bring up the fact that like you didn't show up at, you know, USC and it's like, I am shocked that they're run this way. You're at Florida International, dude. That That is pretty down the line of all the Florida schools. You, you are at one of the worst. So 
And you've not exactly made it better. Now, maybe that is not all his fault. Well, I mean, they did. He did lead him to bowl appearances in 2017, 2018, and 2019. The best three-year record, 23-16, and 16, in team history. Before, of course, they went winless last year. Mm, well, And they're 1-9 this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying... If you were reporting this story and it's like, oh man, you would not believe what Steve Sarkeesian is dealing with at Texas. They're using old uniforms. Right. That would, that would all be shocking to me because Texas, as bad as they've been for them, you would think the standards are so high there. They've got to have at least a better system than that. Right. Florida International, I don't know what the standard is, but it, I don't think, I, I guess what I'm saying is I would expect them to be at the bottom of whatever a college football program standards are. I know that. Life has a way of coming full circle, but for Butch Davis, it's got to be hard, too, because, you know, when he went to Florida International, it was almost like he was doing them a favor. Sure. Right? I mean, hey, I coached in the NFL. I coached at Miami. I coached at North Carolina. Sure, I may have left there in disgrace, but anyway. Hey, I'm coming to your school now. I'm coming to you, but now you've gotten canned by Florida International. That's got to be a tough pill to swallow for him personally knowing what else he's done in this game. Yeah, it feels like at the next stop will be like, this community college really has not got the same standards. You're I gotta like, tell you oh, guys, hey. they're low rent here. <laughs> they don't wash our uniforms. <laughs> this is nothing like that Netflix documentary I watched about JUCOs. It's nothing like you that. You want to hear something funny? Speaking of washing uniforms, just if you ever wonder, does advertising work? Okay. So we're in the laundry room this weekend, and Kristen takes out the bottle of Tide. Mm-hmm. And Samantha reads it and says, Tide. Yes. And then she just sings to herself, if it's got to be clean, it's got to be tight. <laughs> oh, yeah. We didn't say that. No, you didn't she say that. She got that from the TV. The kids the kids pick up on stuff, man. It's, it's scary when you hear them starting to recite the jingles because you're like, oh, I didn't know you were listening to that. I definitely know I have said the F word around you way more than a parent should. Oh, absolutely. And you've, you've probably picked that up, too. And I... I didn't know that. All right, NFL things, crappy Browns, that is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a serious accident on I-71 southbound between Weber Road and Hudson Street. It is blocking the left lane in that area. Traffic is stop and go from North Broadway. Please be very careful. The right shoulder is also blocked. Plan on some heavy slowdowns in this area. Traffic report is sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. What would you do with an extra $350 every month? Maybe buy a car or start paying down the credit cards. Apply for your easy refinance today at thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan Expert LLC, and MLS number 1326241. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. These guys are a big deal, and by big deal, I mean cheap and fat. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. It's Reaction Monday. It's also Gassy Monday. Gassy Monday for you? Yeah. You're gassed up? Stifling burps. Gassed up for an NFL Monday. Talking all the action. Here we go. We have the Rams and 49ers tonight. Hey, let's play a game called Stop Putting the 49ers on National TV. I know. Because they suck. I mean, we're getting to the point of the season where they can start flexing out of games, and I can assure you they will. If the Niners are scheduled to be on any well, more they don't, Sunday they don't or Monday flex, nights. They don't flex Mondays. Oh, no, you're right. Mondays they don't. But like Sunday night games will get flexed out, right? I think they can yes. still flex out of those. And they'll, of course, flex out of like a 4 o'clock if it's, you know... 
not any good. They won't make that the big national 4 o'clock game. So NFL from yesterday, Brownies look terrible, lose to the Patriots. Now before I give my thoughts, go go ahead and give your thoughts, Brownie boy. Well, look, um, so <laughs> this is this is one of the worst performances for the Browns I have ever seen outside of the 0-16 season. And I would say even it mirrored some of the 0-16 performances. This, I, I, the first drive, I was a little concerned because they get down to the goal line and Kevin Stefanski does what he does and what a lot of coaches do in the NFL now, which is we got a fourth and two, we got a chip shot field goal, we're on the road, we could get up three to nothing. He decides, no, we're going to roll the dice and go for it. And it worked out for him. It did. A nice catch in the back of the end zone. But ultimately, those that risky decision at the end of that drive, basically the only points you put up all day. And then the Patriots get their turn, and they don't look back. There, There's a lot of problems I have offensively. We can talk about Baker Mayfield had some picks. He did not look great. We can talk about all that. But the thing that has to be, before you get into all those issues and whether that's Kevin Stefanski and game plan and when you don't have a running game, what do you do? The they reality, didn't necessarily not have a running game. Well, they, I'm they saying... They ran the football. They just then got down so much they couldn't run the football. Right, but what I'm saying is that running game, if you, you don't, don't have... all have, your pieces is if what If you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, it. it's a different offense. Because then... The the threat is sell out, stop that run, and let Baker beat you, and and he can't. So, but my point is, forget all that for the offense for a second. Even if they put up like what would be a good day at the office for me offensively, twenty eight points, let's say, they wouldn't have hung with this Patriots team. Why? Because your defense is so god awful on this Browns team, and it's not for lack of talent. It is for lack of coaching. It is for lack of scheme. It is for lack of making a decision during the game to say, you know what, maybe we should change what the F we're doing and let's actually try to match what this team is doing that we're actually playing against. Not what we thought they would do. Not what our game plan and our analytics said they would do. What's going on in the field right now? Let's change a few things. Joe Woods should have been escorted out. He shouldn't even been in the building, right? Should have been, your key card does not work this morning, Joe Woods. I don't know why he is still with this team. I have no idea. I think that's the thing that that concerns me the most is that, you know, look, this is a Patriots team that's a couple games above 500. What are they? I have no idea. But it's not like they were killing everybody offensively. They were struggling offensively. They were hanging around 500 because they were opportunistic and their defense was playing well. We haven't seen this Patriots team look like this ever since Tom Brady left. No, We, We haven't seen it. And it wasn't even that you had all, you point to a couple busted coverages and guys running free. They just ran the ball down your throat and killed you. This is it, man. You had three drives. You had three drives in this game by the Patriots that were over 90 yards. One of them was Brian Hoya. (laughs) That's embarrassing. It is. And, and, And here's the other problem I have with this Browns defense. To your point, they ran all over the Browns. But if you go back and watch the tape, which I watched the first half again today because I couldn't stomach to watch the whole thing. But just in the first half, you can watch this team. They hand When the Patriots hand the ball off, when they took the ball up the middle, daylight for days, Browns could not figure out a way to stop any running back, anybody they gave the ball to before five or six yards. Try to run outside? Oh, we're, we're covering that. 
Miles Garrett's going to get you. One of the safeties or corners is going to come up and make a play. Like they, they can't. They, the Patriots could not, and other teams have struggled to stretch the field laterally against the Browns in the run game. But up the middle, it's easy. And all it, it's so funny because the NFL we think is just full of these geniuses on offense or defense, and they've just got it all figured out. The reality is, it takes like three or four times of a team going, oh, hey, if we just run up the middle against these guys, we can usually get our offense going. Everyone in the NFL now is aware of this. Like, if you weren't before, everyone is aware of it now, and that's what you're going to see anytime you're in a tough game. Anytime you've got a team that's better than you, and all the teams that are worse than you, too, they're all going to try to rump the middle on you because you've not shown the ability to stop it. I don't understand, Mike. Joe Woods last year was viewed to be a problem with this defense. He was viewed as potentially the weak link for why this defense was not better, right? So they brought him back this year. It has not gone to plan. And yes, they've had their moments. They've shown up at times. But th- th- that what I saw yesterday, not just on defense, all over the entire team, looked like 95% of the guys who walked off the bus had no desire to be on the field for that game. And it showed all the way through the game. They they looked like they were not ready to play. So yes, that falls to Kevin Stefanski too. They're not going to fire Kevin Stefanski, and I'm not saying they should right now. But you do know you have a problem on defense, and it comes from your defensive coordinator. Penalties left and right. When you got third and eights and third and nines, you couldn't get off the field. Who do you blame for that? When your defense is either giving up big You're third right. down plays. It's not, not good enough. Or they're not getting off the field when they get uh, some kind of, you know, when they get a penalty flag, it kills them on a drive. I just, it, it annoyed the heck out of me yesterday watching this, and I don't know why Joe Woods is still with this team. This is a... 500 football team currently in last place got their doors blown off yesterday defensively. Miles Garrett came out after the game and said, we need to do a better job of making adjustments. Mm-hmm. Essentially throwing the entire defensive staff under the bus. Well, saying, look, we, we practice a certain thing during the week, but when, when it's not working or they're showing us a different look, we got to figure out a way to adjust during the game. Well, that's it, right? That's That's what frustrates me so much is you can't, you cannot look at the game film for this Browns defense and say, this is a well-coached defense. This is this is not a problem of players. This is a problem of scheme. You do you have the players there to be a better defense than this. And I, I thought that it was a chance the Browns could lose this game. Clearly, it's the NFL. But Mike, if it was going like, to happen... Not like this. No, I thought it would be more like the Steelers game. Like a 18-10, like a 17-10... You know, 17 to 14, something like that. I thought it could, you know, the offense might struggle given the absences they had, but I didn't think defensively that this team would be so atrocious. I mean, that's that's as poor of an effort as I've seen. It's, it's the running the ball up the middle. Yeah, right. You think Sheldon Richardson would help this team out at all? <laughs> you think? I mean, I, you'd think. Look, I just, uh, that team is so frustrating to watch. And I don't have a dog in the fight like you do. And now Baker's got his ankle hurt now, too. And maybe that crappy performance yesterday will actually stop the articles about his contract this week. We don't have to hear about that. Well, right. I mean, we we can turn the focus to the offense as well, because there are plenty of issues there. Well, yeah, they put up seven points. Yeah. So, yes, there are plenty of issues on both sides of the football. And, you know, you brought up the Lions game during the break, you know. That's not a. I don't look at that. No, as, there's no gimme and game. And say at this that point. yes, I can count on my team getting healthy. No I, no, I, no, I can't see this team doing anything right now. Well, the the thing I brought up during the break is 
I'm not I don't think the Lions are a better team than the Browns, but I am going to say that the Lions are looking at the Browns now and saying that's where we can get our first win. We just tied the Steelers, spoiler alert, we'll talk about that more later, but we just tied the Steelers. That's not momentum, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's sitting there saying, "Oh yeah, big change for our group here. No, we figured something no. out." But now they're looking at it saying, "Well, we didn't lose this week. We could go beat this Browns team. The Browns are bad, they're reeling, we can get them." There's no way the Browns are going to match the intensity of the Lions, given what I saw yesterday. The Lions are thinking this is our chance to get our first win. The Browns are saying this is a chance for us to get right. We should be able to do that against this bad Lions team. And that will even things up more for the Lions, because I don't think mentally you will see this Browns team be nearly as prepared to play as what the Lions will be. Well, good news, bad news, depending on what you think. Kevin Stefanski says he expects Baker to play this weekend. Well, that's, look... That's fine, but I said this yesterday too on social media. Like, people give Baker a lot of credit for soldiering through injuries, and rightfully so. You see a lot of players that, for whatever reason, you know, maybe aren't as tough, or it's just the position they play, they're not able to get out there on some injuries. Baker has gone through and played through a lot of injuries, and he does deserve credit for that. But some people, it's like that's the job of a quarterback in their mind. Some Browns fans I talk to, it's like, well, but look at. Look at how much he's playing through the pain. Great. I don't care if he is 100%, 60%, 87%. I don't know what percent. I don't care if he's sore or feels like a, 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 a field full of daisies. Like, if he goes out there and can't make the throws, then I don't care how much pain he is suffering That's a holdover. through to do it. That is a holdover. And I, look, I understand why a fan base gets this way. Because there's a lot... There's a lot that Browns fans and Bears fans have in common. Is that when your team is not very good, you're not winning football games, you have to latch on to other things that you like about somebody to root for them. Right. And so one thing you would gravitate towards was toughness. Toughness. Well, this guy's is, not that's, any, that's great. He may not be any good, but look at look at him. He's tough. But Browns fans have to escape that mentality right now. You have a football team that is too talented. And yes, you you were banged up. Welcome to the NFL. You have a football team too talented to be five and five. And ultimately, if Baker Mayfield is not making the throws when he's in the game trying to win the game, it doesn't matter if he grimaces or if he's tough. You need someone in there who can win you games. Right. And 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 yesterday that offense was non competitive. Defense was also non-competitive. It was, it was a crap show right. from the get-go. But let's not mistake toughness for ability to play the quarterback. And the last thing I will leave you with on this, there's no reason why Browns fans should be locked in on Baker Mayfield. Certainly the front office shouldn't be because a guy who is always tough and gritty and fights through injuries, that's, that's one way to describe Baker Mayfield. Another way to describe him is injury prone. He has had injuries throughout his career, many of which he has played through, but... We can't ignore the fact that this guy keeps getting beat up. Why is that not fair? Well, I mean, if, if we're going to we look at a guy like Kyler Murray and yeah. say we don't know if he can make it through a full season, why would you not look at Baker the same way? Well, good news. The guys that are available in the draft this year, not that the Browns should necessarily go draft a quarterback, but like the top two prospects are both like 6'2". So. <laughs> they're, not, they're not drafting a quarterback. <laughs> I know they're not, but there will be some guys available in the offseason. Well, yeah. Who have some pretty good resumes. And, and they'd be foolish if they didn't kick the tires. Absolutely. Uh, what else happened around the league yesterday? We'll chat about it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the right lane of westbound 670 near 4th Street. Traffic is slow from I-71 in this area, and it still continues to build. And an accident also causing delays on 71 southbound between Weber Road and Hudson Street. Traffic is slow from North Broadway in this area. Traffic report is sponsored by Duncan. The holidays are here, and luckily, Duncan is here to help you sip through every part of them. With the peppermint mocha signature latte or a toasted white chocolate signature latte. America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusion supply. Only Leanne Ray with fan traffic. The most listened to show in Greenland. This is Man and Bone. We're only here until 5.30 tonight because Buckeye basketball is rude and they're playing early. Buckeyes and Bowling Green coverage starts 5.30 right here on the fan. T-Bone has something special to tell you. Well, Mike, that's, yes, I do have something special to tell you. And what I wanted to tell you is this. Hmm. This week. This, this is the time. If you are thinking of getting a Connecticut water treatment system for your house, your house, this is the time to do it this because I'm just going to keep repeating things. That's good. Pre Black Friday event is this Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Friday, Saturday. It's out at their location in Canal Winchester. Canal Winchester. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some deals here that I'll get to. Like, you can get six bags of water softener salt for free when you buy a signature series water softener. That comes in handy. Buy four bags of salt, get one free, 25% off filters and accessories. But Connecticut to me is burying the lead because they they sent me like, hey, here's here's all the deals we've got coming up this week. And I said, cool, let me look through them. And then buried in the midst of this text is purchase a Premier Series water softener, get a K5 drinking water station for free. Free. Excuse me. Free. That is a tremendous deal. Insane deal. Premier Series water softener like I have in my house. That gets you all the nice soft water coming through the shower, coming through the faucets, the dishwasher, all that. K5 drinking water station gets you the defunkified water coming out of a little spigot that's on your sink that then also goes to your fridge where you make your ice and all that. All that is done with purified Connecticut water. So, ConnecticutColumbus.com to find out about the pre-Black Friday event this Friday and Saturday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday out at Connecticut and Canal Winchester. Elsewhere around the league yesterday, Cowboys blow out the Falcons. Teddy was all nervous. Just like I said. Yeah, you hated your football <laughs> team. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. had no problems. They nope. were back. Rolled. Mm-hmm. It was all working yesterday. You know what? They just needed to play that second quarter. That's all it was. I mean, they just destroyed the Falcons. Yeah. It was like it the was... Buckeyes offense. It's what they look like. Yeah. It was uh, great. Titans are 8-2 and two after they beat the Saints. Steelers and Lions end in a tie. I did watch a lot of that game. Weather played a factor. Uh, the fact that the Lions are terrible and Mason Rudolph is terrible too. There are some Steeler fans out there that think that Mason Rudolph would be a better option than Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know what you're watching. As bad as Ben can be sometimes and how he just forgets that there are defenders and decides to play 500, but thinks that he's 24 in his mind and his body won't do it anymore. Mason Rudolph sucks. He is terrible. Yeah. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins hasn't beaten him out for the backup job just shows you Dwayne Haskins sucks. Well, it's unfortunate, right? Because uh, that would have been nice to see former Ohio State product get a chance to do that. But the reality is the Steelers, I, I, I don't think Mason Rudolph is the answer. But I think a lot of Steelers fans who are wanting that are just saying, oh, yeah, we know he's bad, but we'll at least get a good draft pick and then we can start rebuilding. Like they're well, just saying, fine, let's but- move on from Ben. Ben is not the solution going forward. So let's just move on from him. Let's find out if Mason Rudolph is a thing. But guess what? You're right. He's not. He's terrible. Uh, that game was terrible on many fronts. It was a comedy of errors, especially in overtime. Well, I'll say again, though, it ended in a tie. I, I 
this is something I've learned from watching soccer over the years where ties happen much more frequently. Sometimes we watch games and neither team deserves to win. That is the case of this game if there ever was one. Neither team deserved to win that game. Now you could make the argument both there should be a way to give both teams a loss for how bad they were in that game, and that's fair. But that's why a tie exists, and I think that's why it's a valid result. No one should have been able to come out of that game and say, hey, man, we won. So you can say what you want, but uh, we got the job done. It's like no one got the job done. That was an atrocious game on all fronts. It was god-awful to watch. It is also amazing to me how you have professional athletes, many of them paid millions of dollars to do this, still have no idea the game can end in a tie. We heard Steelers players players say this after the game. We heard Lions players say this after the game. I just get a kick out of that. Because all these coaches, they talk about their playbook like it's learning Latin. Where it's like, oh, I got to drop this playbook and these guys are going to study this and they're students of the game and blah, blah, blah. Do you know the rules of the game? Nah, we don't know. We don't know that the game can end in a tie. We have no idea. How do you not know? Well, you know, Panama and Ted brought up an interesting point before the show, and I think it's it's reasonable to at least discuss that there's probably a lot of players in the NFL who did not grow up fans of the NFL in the way that you and I grew up fans of the NFL. Like, I watched the NFL from a, a young age as a kid knowing I will never play in the NFL. Like, after probably the age of 8 or 10, I was like, I'm never going to be good enough to do this. This is not in the cards for me. And I didn't shoot up in seventh grade and suddenly become six foot four and be able to throw a ball a country mile. So that that hasn't precipitated for me. But a lot of the guys who were in the NFL, ever since they were like 10, people were saying, you're pretty good. You might be the best player in our state at your age. And so they're not watching the NFL like we do, where we're paying attention to all that stuff. They're watching it from the standpoint of what can I learn? How can I get better? And then once you get into high school, college, you're just... You're what you're you're watching film. Well, you're not, fine. You're I not, get it. I agree with but you. But this it's, is their job now. I mean, at least in Najee Harris's defense, right? He's a rookie, so that all right. First year, but yeah, there's <laughs> something else that bothered me in that game. And I, I don't know the names, and I'm not going to bother to look them up. Okay. That last play, Steelers tight end catches the ball, fumbles. Yeah, and when the Lions the re- when the Lions recover, the game is essentially over because there's not enough time for the Lions to do anything. So you're going to get your tie. Where's the uh, where's the open field helmet to helmet lower the crown on both players or pick your player right on that play? Where's the fifteen yard penalty? You have the defender in the open field lower his crown, make contact with the offensive player who was also doing the same, bracing for impact. We saw that in the Bengal game. That was a fifteen yard penalty. Breaking news: We can call fifty of those each game on either team. Make your pick. But the inconsistency the league has calling that penalty is astonishing to me. Yeah, like. Even with holding, where we've talked about that, how you you know listen to a lot of linemen, they'll say you can call holding on every snap in the NFL. Well, probably so, but you can tell how some are worse than others. Where you know a guy's getting his jersey pulled as he's clearly running past the offensive lineman and towards a quarterback, and he gets dragged down or tackled. That's going to be called a hold. That's a little different than a guy getting his you know hands up under someone's jersey while they're locked in at the line of scrimmage, and then he lets go. That's technically holding two, but it doesn't get called. These plays, you're right, Mike. There's there's no like, oh, that wasn't as bad as the one that got called in the Bengals game. They're all the same. 
It's two guys like two Rams out in the wild lowering their heads yeah. and going right at each other. And the impact is precipitous. And if you're not going to call it, that's fine. I argue that's that particular play of lowering your helmets and trying to hit each other. That should football. not be a penalty. But they've made it one, and they're calling it occasionally in games. But they just pick and choose when they want to call that, it. It's that's ridiculous. the frustrating thing. And then you know you'll you'll have a penalty on a play like that. Whatever television broadcast crew will go to their rules expert, and the rules expert will come out and say, well, foul's a foul. These guys know the rules. No, they don't, because it's not enforced. Yeah. You don't call it consistently. They don't know the rules. That's the problem. Well, and why does that rule exist, Mike? It's because, theoretically, the reason they said they created that rule was because they wanted to get that play out of football. Okay, you can disagree with that or not, but if that's the case, then call it Every time you see it, it's impossible after, to get that play out of football. Well, but it's my impossible. Point, that's my point. You'd have to call it every time you saw it, which would be 20 times a game at least, every game. And after a while, everyone would either give up on trying to make plays like that, or you'd give up on having that rule. One of the two would have to break, but you could get it out of the game if you did want to try it. You could at least give it a good old effort. They never do. And that's a prime example of it. An NFL head coach says his team is dumb. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for slow traffic on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East Split. Traffic is delayed in that area. More slowdowns expected on I-71 southbound between 670 and I-70. And more delays on westbound 670 between I-71 and 4th Street. Traffic is slow there as well. Stubb Port is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. At Batteries Plus, they do more than fix phones and tablets. They help their neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store for a free auto battery testing and free installation, too, on most vehicles in most locations. See BatteriesPlus.com for details. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Let me tell you about my friends at Columbus Men's Clinic. Did you know, Bone, they've successfully treated thousands of men in Columbus? Did you know? I think I did because you've said it, but yes. I I say it often. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not very good at these commercials, but I'm going to give it the old college try. If you are dealing with ED, erectile dysfunction... You know that it can affect your outlook on life, cause depression, and much more. They have an expert staff at Columbus Men's Clinic. And if you're like a lot of men, you could be having sex the day after your appointment. A treatment plan could involve a variety of treatments to have you performing like you haven't in years. Years. I'm talking the neighbors show up and watch. That's how impressive you're going to be. Whether you like it or not, the neighbors are coming over. Be ready. Most men have symptoms, right? And then they wait a year or longer, don't do anything about it. Because either they don't want to be bothered or they're embarrassed. That's ridiculous. Get the help you deserve. They are located in Columbus to serve you. Good thing, because their name is Columbus Men's Clinic. Call them today, 614-300-7400, or visit them online, columbusmensclinic.com. We had a big upset yesterday. The Washington football team beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bruce Arian says that happened because his team is dumb. He said, quote, it has nothing to do with ability. It's about execution and being a smart football team. We're a very dumb football team, and that's a reflection on the coaches. Yeah, they played dumb football yesterday. Too many penalties, too many mistakes. They lost a game like that. They lost a game in New Orleans. They had no business losing. 
because they made too many mistakes, not because the Saints happened to be better than them. They were on that day. And this is the thing about the NFL. I don't care who the hell you are. You beat yourself. There's a team right across from you that will beat you that day. Ask the Bills. Ask the Bucks. It happens every single week. Yeah, to, to the comparison with college football, there are plenty of times where we have been critical of you know an Ohio State team playing down to a level of competition. And then you go look at the box score and it's like, but they won by three touchdowns. It's like, well, yeah, but they're not going to do that when they play a good team. That That's not the case in the NFL. Most of the time, if you beat yourself up or if you don't execute the way you're supposed to, you can be the most talented roster in the league and you're still probably going to have a tough day at the office and you may end up losing the game and the Buccaneers are finding that out. I, I do not think this is a bad team. I do not think they are poorly coached. I do not think that they are a team that's getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs, but I do think right now they're right to be frustrated with how they're playing because it's not good enough on any level. The Arizona Cardinals look the way I expected them to look last week against the 49ers. They lose to Carolina. Colt McCoy, obviously, is not a long-term solution. He played like a backup quarterback. You've got one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best receiver in the game, still not in your lineup. They are banged up. They made mistakes yesterday. And Carolina took advantage. Carolina dealing with their own backup quarterback. Cam Newton was back yesterday, scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Let him live. That was a nice uh, nice thing to see. I mean, look, whether or not you like Cam Newton or he's your guy or whatever, I think, at least for me, I think it's an interesting story that he's gone back to Carolina. Not that that game was in Carolina, but playing for the Panthers and got into the game and was able to make some plays. He didn't play a lot, right? I mean, that's still P.J. Walker, who's the quarterback as of now, but we'll find out. They're... they're most likely going to be without Sam Darnold for the rest of the year. At least they're planning on that being the case. So Cam will get a lot of chances to prove that what you saw in New England was not his final part of his NFL career. He's he's going to try to prove that there's more to his career. We'll find out if he can. Yeah, that's the thing. He can he can want it as much as he wants, and he had some nice you know goal line opportunities yesterday. But the reality is, we don't know if he can throw the ball. We haven't seen. Yeah, we got to see him down the field against tough coverages that are gaming up for what he's going to bring to the table, and we'll see if he can overcome that. And if you're a Panther fan, I know that yesterday was a nice moment. You won the game, but the bad news is you're hovering around 500 because this team is not good. This team no. is not good and has no direction when it comes to quarterback. Sam Darnold was not the answer. It was a band aid. Now we've learned that he sucked. Now he hurt. He's hurt and he sucks. P.J. Walker clearly isn't the answer. If Cam Newton comes in and plays decent football, he's not your answer either long-term. they got to figure that out. Yeah, Because you just, got a running back with a shelf life. Like we were just talking about with, you know, if you play poorly because you make mistakes, the other team can light you up. We are talking about a Panthers team that just won by three-plus touchdowns against a Cardinals team that still has a lot going for it when fully healthy. Right. But we're talking about the Panthers like they're the ones with the problem because they are. They just got the better of the Cardinals yesterday because the Cardinals had some ouchies and did not play well on any level. But play that game 10 times and I don't think the Cardinals lose all 10 of them. I think it's more 50-50. Give them Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back and I don't think it's even close. Aaron Rodgers was back. Packers shut out the Seahawks. Russell Wilson was back too and he had the banged up finger. He said the finger was not an issue in the shutout. I don't know how it can't be. Yeah, maybe, I'm he, sure. maybe he feels okay. I'm but. sure some of it was. And, and there there were just a lot of plays in that game on both sides where 
It was like, well, we're within 40 yards of the end zone. What should we do? No, let's play 500 with it. And I I don't understand. I guess I'm not an offensive guru like all the guys who work in the NFL, but that seemed like a weird game plan. And it was also weird that with that marquee matchup, and yes, I know you've got banged up quarterback versus quarterback who had to sit out last week. It was weird. I did not expect that to be a three to nothing game going into the fourth quarter. That was pretty bizarre. And then last night, look, I don't know if everything's fixed for good, but Pat Mahomes looked like Pat Mahomes last night. They, sure beat, they beat the hell out of the Raiders. Yeah, th- this is, I mean, last week and the week before, we had some bizarro world stuff happening, and you still did, right? With you know the Cardinals losing the way they did, the Buccaneers losing the way they did, but at least that game seemed to me more like, ah, yes, this is what I would have expected at the beginning of the year if you said Chiefs Raiders you know, what are we in week 11, 10, whatever we're in, I would have assumed, yeah, the Chiefs probably don't have too much of an issue with the Raiders. That's not the script we were expecting once we watched this season, but last night looked like the Chiefs returning back to the form we think they all had. Uh, Bad news for the Washington football team. They won the game yesterday. Bad news is Chase Young tore his ACL. He is out for the season. Yeah, it sucks. Too bad for the former Buckeye and obviously... It's not like Washington's really going anywhere this season anyway. Now, but you don't like to see that because now, you know, you're tearing your ACL mid-November. Yeah, it's Next be year, a tough starting thing. on time, is going to be tough for him. Tough thing to get back from. And then, obviously, hoping that the explosiveness and everything is there. One college football fan base is extremely angry despite their team winning on Saturday. We'll talk about that next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident causing slowdowns on Weber Road at I-71. Please be careful in this area. As traffic begins to build, you are going to find about a 10-minute slowdown over here. And more delays on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East split. Traffic is backed up here as well. Traffic report is sponsored by Church's. Church's is adding Applewood smoked Texas cut bacon to their all-white meat chicken sandwich. Yep, these two are best flavors forever. Try their new Texas cut bacon chicken sandwiches today. Church's bringing that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Only an array with fan traffic. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Go to wherever you get your audio. Search Common Man and T-Bone. You will see our cartoon faces pop up. Click subscribe. Every single show comes right to your device free of charge. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy the show. We have another uncensored bonus show planned for you. And once we hit our ratings goal on Apple Podcasts, that show will drop. That bonus show will be something. Oh, it's going to be something. Oh, it's a thing. Oh, it's something. I'm just going to keep saying it because I know you have to burp or whatever the hell you're doing over there. I'm trying to suppress a sneeze. Oh, okay. And you were doing something. Uh, Florida Gators. They won their football game on Saturday. Yeah, that's nice. That's yeah. all, and you know what? That's all we need to bring up. Hey, if you're well, a you know what? Fan, hey, they won. Their, so their who coach cares? Dan Mullen says that's good enough. They won. We won the game and we scored a lot of points. They won the game seventy to fifty-two. Well, that's a lot of points they put up. Let's talk about that offense to fifty-two. They played FCS Samford. <laughs> <laughs> Samford scored 42 points in the first half against Florida. Obviously, fans up in arms about this. 
despite the victory. Here's what Dan Mullen had to say after the game. I'm an offensive guy, so I love scoring points. Obviously, I don't love giving up points, but I love scoring points. Mm. Offensively, we needed guys to step up and guys to execute, and I think we did that today. I think our guys came out and executed. It ended up being a little shootout back and forth, and our offense kept responding and kept making plays. So the media then kept pressing him. Like, uh, hey, coach, you're the Florida Gators, and you gave up 42 points to Samford in the first half. What the hell's going on? Dan Mullen concluded his press conference by saying, calling a win disappointing is disrespectful to the game and our players. Oh, boy. Yes. Now, now, see, that's what I always enjoy is when a coach is being held to account for not getting those players into the best position to win and not getting his players perhaps maybe, oh, I don't know, the defensive coaching they need have they had a problem on defense of Florida? Yes. Did anyone just get fired because of how atrocious they've been on defense despite yes. having all this talent? Huh. It's almost like that falls on the head coach to hire better people and not bring back old farts who can't get the job done, who have been in that position too long. It's not about being an old fart. It's that that old fart and Todd Grantham was not cut out for that and shouldn't be a D1 coordinator, at least not at a place like Florida. And then this is the result. Even though he's gone, now you have left your team with a gaping hole on their coaching staff. And it's clearly not going well when Sanford scored 42 points in one half. The Buckeyes, like we talked about, scored 45 in a half this past week. And that tied a record for the Ohio State University as far as most points in a half. Sanford, I'm going to guess... Maybe has scored that many points in a game. I guarantee you they've never done that against the likes of Florida. Samford had 530 yards of offense, 416 yards passing. They scored on five of their first six possessions, and they at one point led the game 42-35. Now, Dan Mullins can stand up at the podium and you know talk about how they won this game by three scores. What are we all so concerned about? You're out of your mind. And this is why I say... Don't fall for it when national media guy comes in and says, you know, these fan bases, they're just too hard on these programs. What do they want? Perfection all the time, excellence all the time. Because when you start to let things slide, this is what you become. Well, I mean, you take it for this. I mean, right now, this Florida team is sitting at 500. They are. It's not like they were 9-0 and going into this game, and then just this weird thing happened where Sanford played out of their minds, which... Even an FCS school can occasionally play out of their minds against a team like Florida, but you could understand then more if the fans are like, well, we know we're great, but what the hell was that? This is a bigger problem where this team has not shown the ability to play defense at all this year, and now you've got the likes of Sanford scoring as many points as anyone has all year on this defense. Dan Mullen is out the door. He's done. He knows he's done. He can try and defend a victory like this. The last four games, Bone... How many points do you think Florida's given up in the last four games? Uh, well, I mean, they gave up 50 like, in this game. I'm going to say close to 200 to be my guess. 180 175 points. Wow. 175 points, the most in a four-game stretch for Florida since 1917. <laughs> oh. When it was intramurals, brother. Well, and when it was no face masks and people were routinely dying on the field. Well, that's what I mean. It's like you can't even compare a game since since they started playing real football at Florida. This has never accomplished, never been accomplished. That's how bad 
this defense is. And again, this was a team, I have to remind people of this because they've been so bad this year. This is a team that played in the SEC championship game last year. Well, and and I guess I look at it this way. You can't take a performance like that. I would guess even the most, well, guys, the sun came up today and, you know, football's not everything. Like those people that pop up whenever your team loses, I would think even those ones at Florida have to look at that game and go, what the heck? How did that happen? Why did that happen? Maybe they don't vocalize it. Maybe they don't, you know, go online and rant about it and all that. But I would think even the happiest go luckiest of Florida fans would say, this is not cool. We can't give up 52. Yeah, we won the game. Oh, no, that, no that's the story is that Gator fans are outraged at this. That's what I'm saying. But even the ones who tend to try to tamp that down, I would think after this would would have to probably be pretty frustrated about how that went. There was a record set, though, by Florida in this game. What was that? their quarterback? Emory Jones completed 28 of 34 for 464, six touchdowns and ran for 86 yards with another touchdown. His 544 yards of total offense surpassed the previous record, 533, set by... Oh, I know who it is. Oh, I know you know that I know you know. Tebow! Tim Tebow, 533 yards in his final college game, a 51-24 victory over the Bearcats in the 2010 All-State Sugar Bowl. Might be the greatest college football player I've ever seen. Doesn't mean I think he should have played in the NFL. You don't say that with jest. I know that about you. No, I do he think is, he's he one, of the, one of the greatest one of the college top. football players ever. He and Vince Young are two of the best college football players I have personally ever watched. I'm not going to go back to Archie exercise. and all that. But that's well, I'm because saying, we can't because right. we're not we're not old enough. to I'm do saying that. from the time that I watched college football and probably on in that team picture is Orlando Pace. Like not in the, not the same type of player. Obviously, played offensive line, but as far as guys who were dominant at their position, those are the three that I would go to and say of all the football I have watched in college, those are the three that were the most dominant of their positions. And two of them played quarterback. Obviously, I'm trying to think who I would have: Vince Young, obviously in the team picture; Tim Tebow in the team picture. I think Reggie Bush has to be in the team picture. Reggie Bush is a very good one, sure. Who are we missing? Had to get a push from Matt Leinert, though. Don't forget. Had to get some help. Well, that, that's fine. <laughs> Matt Leinert, not on my list. I mean, we don't have any defensive players. There's clearly defensive players who are also really dominant. Well, I mean, I mean one, can, one that I don't happen to like because of what he did against my team, but Charles Woodson's on anybody's Charles Woodson's list. Charles Woodson's on anybody's list. And Dominican Sue should be on anybody's list. And of course, as, there's Jabril Peppers as well, right? No, yeah. one of the most dominant players oh, with his in one goal history with his one total interception. Let's not look up who he got that interception against or no, anything like that. Let's that. not even now who needs to know. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching an accident on Weber Road at I-71 in this area. Traffic is still slow as they try to get things cleaned up. Please be careful over here in the meantime. You're also going to find some slow traffic on I-71 northbound between 670 and 11th Avenue. Plan about a five-minute delay. 
This traffic report is sponsored by the Home Loan Expert. What would you do with an extra $350 every month? Maybe buy a car or start paying down the credit cards. Apply for your easy refinance today at thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan Expert LLC, and MLS number 1320-6241. Only an array with fan traffic. The show that will tickle you stupid. This is Man and Bone. I did something today. Which is stupid. What'd you do? Because I should I should know myself. There's a reason why I don't bet. There's a reason why I don't play fantasy football. Because I get obsessive about these things. Right? Even yeah. if there's no money at stake. I just get obsessive about it. I wind up not enjoying the games I'm watching. And that's why I don't play fantasy football anymore. Yeah, you've told me you had you know video games, things like that. You tend to get very... Deep down the wormhole when you get into something like that. Yes. So what I decided to do, because I'm stupid, is just screw around and open up one of those like Robin Hood accounts. Okay. And buy a couple stocks. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking big money here. And look, I have stocks. I have a 401k. I have retirement. That's a, a larger thing. I don't really pay attention to that. But I thought I'll just, you know, buy some stocks and fool around with the Robin Hood. So I bought some. Today was my first day. Oh, and this I, was the first. Oh, this was a, my first day, and I was obsessed with it all day, mm, mm. looking at the number moving, and I would get sick to my stomach when I would lose some money, and I'd get very <laughs> excited when I would make some money, and by some money, my like my investment something. made nine cents today, <laughs> nine cents. <laughs> And yet I'm glued to. I don't know why I did this because I know my limitations, and for some reason I did it anyway. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you would do with all the other parts of it, but from that description, you sound like you would be an excellent day trader from the standpoint of, oh, it's up nine cents. Ah, oh, sell, sell, sell. And then it's like, ah, oh, I dipped. Hold on. Buy, buy the dip, buy the dip. And you're just like calling people and you're yelling and you no, got I papers flying like that. It. And at the end of the day, you'd make like 17 cents and you'd feel really good because you're like, yeah, but I, I managed the hell out of that 17 well, cents. I don't know. And look, the, the people who get super rich doing this. They're doing it with other people's money. They're investing other people's money. Those people are total psychopaths. I don't know how you invest other people's money. I've got a couple bucks of my own money in here. It doesn't matter if I lose it. It's such a minimal amount, okay? And yet I'm still living and dying because like, oh, I'm dying now, nine cents. How is the kid going to eat tonight? <laughs> I better get the ramen out tonight. Well, that's the reality is like, People are looking for the exciting thing all the time, and I'm guilty of that as any as anybody. I like, you know, new movie comes out. Oh, hey, this team is surprisingly good in sports. Whatever, anything. Like, what's new TV show everyone's talking about? I like the exciting thing, but you know what probably, like, most rich people do is very boring things. They just contribute to, like, things that make them money forever with a lot of money. And then at the end of it, they're like, yeah, I just... I hit like click on a website and it every week takes all this money out of my account. And then in like 10 years, you have lots and lots of money just sitting there. And you're like, how did that happen? Because you did something very boring. But yeah, like yes. if every day you were like, I'm going to put 5,000 over here. I'm going to take 3,000 out, put it over here. That probably doesn't make you a ton of money. It's very exciting, but it probably ends up in the long run. No, you you mess it up. It's stupid. I should know my own limitations. You know what I did today too? How stupid. One of the stocks I bought, was mcdonald's and so i went to mcdonald's for lunch thinking i was helping myself out yeah this is going to turn around the whole day me ordering a number one 
and eating it in the so, car so like you, some loser is going to turn around the entire day. So you bought it, and then like in whatever time period, three months or whatever, you get a dividend for seven cents. And you're like, know, there we go. Knows. We made our money. Stupid. Paid five dollars for this meal, but I yeah, there we go. Just a reminder: we're only here until five thirty today because Buckeye basketball is rude. We got a bunch of these early start games. Tonight is one of them. Buckeye coverage starts at 5.30 tonight. Buckeyes and Bowling Green right here on The Fan Rundown. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Krieger Ford. Visit them online at KriegerFord.com. Home of the Krieger commitment. Best cars. Best people. Peace of mind. Buckeyes beat Purdue 59-31 to on Saturday. We were looking for offensive consistency, and we got it. This was an offensive line that started moving guys off the ball again. You had big running lanes for these running backs. Good protection for C.J. Stroud to make the throws to, let, let's say it, the best three wide receivers in the country, right? I think so. I mean, so. look, you've got some talented guys out there. David Bell's one of those talented guys, and he had like 10 catches, but ultimately you held him to 110 yards, and that's all you're looking for for a guy like that. But there's not three guys more talented on any college football roster than these three. Yeah, I, I think this wide receiver core for Ohio State is as good as it gets. And this is, you know, I, I've seen people talking about, well, Heisman Trophy, what should they do? Who's who's going to be the guy? The reality is you could arguably have any of your three wide receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigba has had the best numbers of any of these wide receivers all season long. And I, and I would argue he's been as dynamic as any of them. Does that make him better than Chris Olave? No, it just means that defenses are like, we've got to stop Chris Olave first. Garrett Wilson, 1A. Well, we've got to stop somebody. We got, yeah, we've got to try. They don't I'm, have three cover guys who can take <laughs> care of all these guys all the time. Right. My, I'm not diminishing any of their talents. I'm just saying you can't tell the tale by numbers alone. I agree with you that all three of them are excellent. All three of them could be their own Heisman Trophy candidate. Then you got Travion Henderson, who didn't have his best numbers day, but put up two touchdowns, left everybody in the dust on one of them. And that's just going to happen because he's that good. And then C.J. Stroud is running this whole thing. And, you know, his numbers are ridiculous throughout a lot of these games. So I would like to thank Iowa and Michigan State for basically, remember how Goldberg back in the day, Mike, when he came into WCW? Goldberg. Is, hold on, this is going to be good. Get ready. I, I, this is going to be good. Yes. I'm excited for this Get ready one. for this. Here we go. Goldberg came in, had like one move, couldn't wrestle at all, but... And then injured everybody he wrestled with? Yes, he did. Right. But... He did eventually get past like all the 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 jobbers or what they're called. The guys who are just kind of there and they kind of suck. They have no gimmick. And then eventually he started wrestling good wrestlers. And then he would destroy those guys because they wanted him to look good, right? Michigan State and Iowa were those guys to Purdue's Goldberg. Where they like improperly inflated what Purdue was to where they somehow got to be 18th in that country based on what? Based on the fact that you beat a bad Iowa team and a not great Sparty team, not as great as we thought. So they were artificially inflated. So now the Buckeyes come and beat Goldberg and end this Purdue nonsense. And everyone's like, well, the Buckeyes beat Purdue. They artificially inflated now. him. They artificially inflated Teddy, Purdue. Teddy, did you follow him? You followed, Ted. Uh, slightly. Oh, come on. Yeah, you I know mean, what I'm saying. Goldberg's better than Purdue, though. Come on. So are the Buckeyes Goldberg? No, Purdue's no, Goldberg. Purdue. Oh, Purdue's and Goldberg. Then, and then we turned out, oh, he's not really that good, actually. Just all these good wrestlers jobbed out to him. That's what happened. So Purdue it hits, is soft. hits their head up, hits their head on like a door. Yeah. Right? Remember, because he'd do that, he'd 
thump his head. That's right. Come out all then big he'd, and yeah. he'd walk out with the security oh, staff. Ohio State is Triple H. Pyro. Ohio State is Triple H at SummerSlam with the sledgehammer. That's who Ohio State is. Now you get it. Thank you. You're welcome. I finished that for you. At right, Ohio State's Triple H killing Goldberg because he sucked, and everybody knew he sucked. And finally, Triple H showed him what's up. Okay, okay, that's what up. Yes, now you get it. But but now Goldberg's like 55 and still comes back to right. wrestle. Well, ignore that part. This is just prime Goldberg. Where I'm not talking about now uh, Goldberg. All right, prime Goldberg. So Purdue, Purdue is prime is Goldberg. Prime Goldberg inflated artificially by better programs that shouldn't have lost to him but did and now Ohio State took advantage of that thank you I gotta tell you not your best analogy Delusional I think it's I think it's spot on I think it's spot on <laughs> alright anyway Triple H beat Goldberg and we got mm-hmm. who's Michigan State because I'm more worried I'm about trying to think of all I'm the, more worried I'm, about Michigan State Michigan State's Perry Saturn they have belly button tattoos. Get the hell out of here. Michigan State, if you're telling me Goldberg beat <laughs> Michigan State, then Michigan State has to be Hollywood Hogan. That's true. Okay. That's one he And beat, I'm right? scared of Hollywood Hogan, not because I think Hollywood Hogan is any good, but Hollywood Hogan always had his goons that would help him win. Right, but Triple H is better than all those guys at the time he wrestled. He is. Right. But that's not to say Hollywood Hogan can't come in here, pull some shenanigans, well, hit that leg drop on you. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's I'm, not real. See what you've done? You've ruined this. You ruined it. I, you started bringing in Goldberg now. No Goldberg now. I Goldberg back him. in the day. This is on you. I blame you. Yeah. Browns, who were like, I don't know, Barry Horowitz <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> if, we're, if we're doing wrestling stuff. The Browns did not even get a name. They were just like guys from the Iowa. Ma- they're the masked guy who comes in to job to Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Yes, that's right. All yes. Right. Yeah, there you go. They were and awful. the Patriots were Ultimate Warrior. Yes. What would but- that sound like? <laughs> Ultimate Warrior? Fill up the rocket ship. <laughs> you you have to do it. I can't do it on command. I'm out of practice. I don't know. The Patriots The Patriots way is the best way ever. I don't know. That's what that's what I've got. <laughs> yeah, so right, the Browns, Browns suck yesterday. Browns sucked. I don't even want to talk about this stupid game, but here's the long and short of it. You cannot have a defensive coordinator who can't make adjustments in a game against a rookie quarterback carving you up and a run game that was just basically running up the middle and you can't stop it. Sorry, you can't be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. So I don't know what they're waiting for with Joe Woods. I don't know why they are not just saying we have to. After a performance like that, Mike, wouldn't you agree that if you have Super Bowl aspirations in your organization generally, shouldn't somebody be fired after that yesterday? Like, I don't think good organizations tolerate that level of terribleness. That was brutal. And then don't fire someone the next day over it. Look, maybe you say to yourself, you're giving up big chunks of yards busted coverage down the field. Well, there was a miscommunication. We'll work on that. That won't happen again. They ran the ball right down your throat. You had three touchdown drives over 90 yards during the game for an offense in the Patriots that while they were improving, they're no offensive juggernaut. Mac Jones threw for less than 200 yards he's on a, a day. All you have to say is he's a rookie quarterback. And it's not like he just had a tremendous game. And the Browns came up short because their offense just couldn't get enough going in the fourth quarter. You got destroyed, dismantled, completely obliterated 
by a rookie quarterback. Well, we have some more analysis on that game. Okay. Here's some more analysis. Ah, you can feel it, dude. You can feel it. The same sweat that flows out of my body right now is the same sweat that flows out of yours. The same blood that flows through these veins is the same blood that flows out of yours. The same force that beat the honky-tonk man is the same force that I feel when I walk into the arenas. We are the champions! I win the Intercontinental Belt for you, the Warriors! Jump on my back, grab a body part, and hang on! Because if we have to swim across the Atlantic, if we have to go clear across all the continents of the world, we will survive! I promise it! Now, maybe you're saying to yourself, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? That guy's yeah. crazy. He is crazy. However, he was crazy. That same speech was given this offseason. Chris Spielman looked at him and said, You're hired. I just You're wanna... hired, Dan Campbell. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior loves to bite off kneecaps. Also, I just want to know which body part particularly did he want us to grab onto as we swam across the ocean? Trevor's Simeon mm. is what you, you grab right. onto. Yeah. The rundown. The rundown. Hey! Trevor Simeon blew out my back. <coughs> I'm the queen. I feel like an astronaut in the ocean after that. I don't know what to make of it. We're done after this segment. We got one more segment, right? Got one Teddy? more segment. That's one it. more segment. Yeah. Thank- more well, queen impersonation. Guess what? We would have only had one segment either way. Even if the show was supposed to go to a nine, they would still be like, nope, you're done. After that, you're done. Was it the Ultimate Warrior or the Goldberg analogy? I think it was the Goldberg analogy that really killed that one. Cowman and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You'll find that earlier accident on Weber Road at I-71. That accident has cleared. All lanes are open in that area. And now watching an accident blocking the left lane of the ramp from I-71 southbound to westbound 670. Please be very careful over here as traffic begins to build. This traffic report is sponsored by eBay. Shop on eBay to get more for your dough on stand mixers or get more for your buck on tech and gaming gear. Get more and save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Buckeye basketball coverage is coming up at 5.30. Timmy Hall is your fine host. Thanks for kicking us off the air early again today. I don't know why you're looking at me. I blame you. You guys? Because you're here. What's with all the early tip times this season? I can't take it. It's not ending tonight either. There's more coming. No, there's one on Thursday that gets us out of here at 5.30. There's another one on Monday. Gets you out at 5. That gets us out at 5. And there right. could be another one next Wednesday, too, depending on what the Buckeyes do on Monday. Right. If they lose Monday, who are they playing on Monday? They play Seton Hall. All right. If they lose, I think that's a tough, you know, if we they could lose argue to them Seton Florida. Hall, then on Wednesday they play at 6. If they beat Seton Hall, they play at 8. And I was just talking about this with Bone in the break. It. I'd be shocked if they made it all to, all the way to the Duke game, which is on the 30th. It's a pretty hefty month. You mentioned the Fort Myers tip-off. It's all power schools there, even though Cal is a, a very bad one. So if you if you beat Seton Hall, I predict you will get Florida in that next game. And it's kind of a toss-up between Seton Hall and Florida, who the best team is. But Xavier's on the road yeah. on Thursday night. They're a pretty good team. They're missing one of their guys. But Paul Scruggs, he can shoot it. I'd just be surprised with everything they're working through, and we just saw it come down just as Suing is going to miss again tonight. Yeah, so that's that's a tough little slate to start. If they do take a loss here before that Duke game, that would not surprise anybody, but also 
doesn't mean it's the end of the world no, either. It's, it's, no. You're going to lose games. Play 40 games. It's college basketball. You're going to lose. But also, like, how many times in the last few years have we seen this team go, well, we didn't expect this, but here they sit undefeated in December or whatever. They've had some nice early starts. And then you get to the Big Ten season, and suddenly it's much more difficult. So if they can deal with some of that adversity early, maybe that, in a weird way, works in their favor as you get to Big Ten season. I'd rather drop a non-conference game or two or three and say you are sitting at, you know, 14 and four late in the thick of the Big Ten run. Right. Oh, yeah. I'd trade it for that. Absolutely. To just contend for a championship with Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Maryland, those guys this year. That's what I'm hoping for for this team to be in it in the last five game stretch. Fan warm up coming up at 530 right here on the fan back page. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, some good news for Panama Ted's favorite uh, franchise. No Time to Die, the latest Bond movie. I thought you were talking about the Dallas Cowboys. No, 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 no. Come on. The Dallas Cowboys are his favorite football team. His favorite franchise is James Bond. I thought Jack Reacher was your favorite franchise. Oh, come on. I love Jack Reacher, but uh, yeah, Bond's my favorite. You know that. um, I do love my round table. Reacher over Bond? Oh, come on. It's James Bond every day. Teddy hosts the the podcast, the Jack Reacher round table. He does. The books are the best, though. But you don't know about his other one, which is called Pure Bondage. That's his other podcast he does (laughs) for the James Bonds. Anyway, the point is... Could have been a horrible joke, but I'll allow it. That was good. No Time to Die crosses $700 million in global revenue, becoming the biggest Hollywood movie of the pandemic. So there you go. So it's like James Bond is Goldberg. Stop. And, and, and Goldfinger. Gold and also Goldfinger. Oh, I see. Which is a Bond villain. Right. And then, yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Hey, Make- Goldfinger <laughs> dropped by this weekend and threw my back out. <laughs> Did Trevor Simeon go save the queen? Anything? We'll leave that there. Um, this story from Shaq is very interesting. This was out last week, but I don't think we got a chance to talk about it. That Shaquille O'Neal was telling a story on a uh, on the Marshand and Orond sports media podcast where he says that back in the day, the producers of The Green Mile, that legendary film, yeah. reached out to Shaq Michael and said, Clark Duncan, right? if you would like Dead. to play the role yeah. of Michael Clark Duncan's character, John Coffey, before they cast Michael Clark Duncan, they went to Shaq and said, you can have this role mm. if you want. Why did I just he, assume Michael Clark Duncan? I feel bad. Well, he's just. What do you mean you felt bad? I don't he's know. In, he's the main character the fact of the that movie. He Michael Clark Duncan when he said Shaq. No, no, no. But Shaq was offered that right, role. Right. He turned it down. And then Michael Clark Duncan was who was cast in it. Shaq said about that. And he has a lot of good perspective on this. He said, I didn't want to play that role, but the guy who played it did a wonderful job. He said, I think they made the right decision because he did way better than I could have done. No kidding. Well, he had got what, offered that uh, role. Shaq Fu. Or what was the... No, Kazam, right? Yes, Kazam. Shaq Fu was his album. Yes, but that was it. Like, I'm just saying they thought that, well, he's been in a movie, so let's put him in this movie that ended up winning multiple Academy Awards. Shaq would have obviously been... It would be difficult for a guy who's primarily known for playing basketball to just suddenly become a ridiculous actor Well, overnight. I mean, it may have been a different movie, too, when it was pitched to him. Maybe Tom Hanks wasn't attached. 
True right? enough, I don't maybe, know. Maybe You're Pauly right. Shore was playing that role. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> different <laughs> movie. What was it, a comedy? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, maybe, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe Tom was, Hanks. Was Shaq going to be a jailed genie? Yeah, it's then Nick Nolte shows up and coaches him instead of like a bunch of what was it flies ah, that came out, out of jail cell. Ah. all the flies that came out of his mouth it was just like little basketballs we're going to shoot out of his mouth it was a very different like movie for kids all right fan warm-up is coming up next we're back tomorrow three in the peak common man and t-bone on the fan fan traffic from the logan ac and heat services traffic center Good evening. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the left lane of I-71 northbound approaching 11th Avenue. Traffic is bumper to bumper from 670 in this area. Please be careful over here. Plan about a 20-minute slowdown as they get the lanes clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Rumkey Waste and Recycling. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up. Drivers can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible the first year. Drivers are home daily, receive great benefits and more than $10,000 in bonuses. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with Van traffic. Vote your entire life to football? We can help with that. Football Friday is coming. coming, coming. Sponsored by Tansky Sawmill Toyota. The Fan.